You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Coming up on this episode of the Kingdom Bringer Podcast. Because a lot of times God answers from things come through people and he does it on purpose because he don't want a person to say, oh, all, all I need is God. Well, you, you're cutting off his body. So I just think revival is important in the body for the churches that have um, just lost reverence for the presence of God and, you know, have been so programmed um, where the Holy Spirit cannot move, cannot do what only he can do. So the biggest thing is you got to know who you are in Christ and mm-hmm. why you're doing it. You don't live for people's um, validation or applause because then you'll die when you get a lack of it. going on everybody welcome back to the kingdom bringer podcast this is the first episode of season three so awesome so awesome to be back with you guys thank you so much for tuning in i'm just jacked up i have an episode that i've been sitting on for quite a while a couple months ago back in november i had the privilege of sitting down with the an amazing trio of kingdom dudes, Marcus Rogers, Brandon Gatson, and Matt Cruz were a part of an event that came through the Dodge City area in November. And these are three powerful, authoritative, young ministers that are just flowing in the gifts and flowing in the prophetic and flowing in just power and authority and dominion. They know who they are. They believe who they are, and they've been commissioned to build up the church to be everything that it was created to be. And I just, it was so good to sit down with them. We pounded out this episode, and I am giving it to you right now, and it's awesome. So thanks again for tuning in. I want to remind you guys, we have launched the Michael McIntyre podcast. It is called The Next Level Podcast with Michael McIntyre, and you can find that on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, anywhere that awesome podcasts are found. You can find it there, and we would appreciate it if you would rate, review, subscribe, and share. Also, don't forget Beth Packard's Supernatural Living with Beth Packard podcast. Same platforms. It's available everywhere. And it would just be awesome if you guys would go on there and subscribe to those podcasts. Give them a rating. Give them a review. Show them some love. Do the same to this one, to this podcast right here, the Kingdom Bringer Podcast. Let's get moving on that. Go subscribe right now. Go back and check all the past episodes. Did you hear the best of season two episode yet? If you haven't done that, what a perfect example of what we're all about. It was awesome. I had some great snippets and highlights from every episode in season two. Go get that one. Go share that one with your friends. Let them know what we're all about. That'd be fantastic. Thank you guys so much. And another quick reminder, if you guys have questions and comments, one thing I want to do more of this season is interact with you. 
So shoot me your questions and your comments to Darren at kingdombringer.com. That's D-A-R-I-N at kingdombringer.com. I'd love to hear from you. You can also visit kingdombringer.com and sign up for our email list. Sign up for the email list. You'll get notified when new episodes come out, when new blogs are released. And I just want to do more of that this year too. communicate with you guys. So let's do it. Go get signed up. Let me know who you are. We'll be in contact with you. That'd be fantastic. I'm not going to spam you like crazy. I'm just going to keep you guys informed on what's going on here, lifting you up, building you up to be everything that God created you to be. That is our mission here. We believe that you guys are kingdom carriers. We believe that it's a powerful kingdom and we believe that you carry it and you have the privilege to release that kingdom everywhere you go. You can bring the kingdom everywhere you go. That's what we're all about. Thank you so much for being with us. I really, really mean that. When I say thank you, I am saying thank you. You've got so many options out there for things you could be doing and you choose to listen to me talk. You choose to listen to this podcast and I'm thankful. So without further ado, here is my interview with Marcus Rogers, Brandon Gatson, and Matt Cruz, three kingdom dudes. Today we are talking kingdom. Very interested, Brandon, in in your kind of your story, but I noticed you've done some traveling with Dan Moeller. Mm-hmm. So Dan Moeller's teachings are what got me jacked up. So gotcha. I was born and raised in a Christian home. I was a Christian, did the stuff, did ministry my whole life. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was about 33 that a buddy of mine handed me a MP3 player just packed full of Dan's School of Kingdom Living stuff. Wow. Yeah. I used to drive a truck and I was literally had those on, driving with one knee, taking notes on the other, filling up notebook (laughs) after notebook after notebook of Mm -hmm. stuff that I'd read a thousand times in scripture about the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Never understood it. It never clicked, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when I found out that it lives inside of me Mm -hmm. and that it's powerful, Mm -hmm. 1 Corinthians 4.20, yes, changed everything for me. So... Talk to me a little bit about what's your relationship with Dan Moeller there. Just kind of interested. Man, so Dan has served as a big brother, a friend, uh, an advisor, a mentor. Um, He's helped me um, personally with my family. He's taught me the value of home even more. I grew up with great parents, and I had a great spiritual covering for a number of years. But Dan kind of came in the last five years and watered what they sold. And he would talk to me about... Stuff like when you come home, put your phone away. Yeah. Spend time with your wife. Make sure, you know, you, you keep things on the home front strong. I mean, we, obviously, we would talk about more spiritual things. He walked me through a time that uh, I was um, going through some spiritual wickedness. Uh, had some witchcraft stuff hit my house. And I remember calling him. I said, Dan, do not pray for me. Give me the keys. Wow. And he walked me through how to um, commune through adversity. And uh, he's just been a, just a great friend of mine. And uh, we do a school called School Reform. We've done the last two years together. And we're going to do two more together this year. So I'm excited about it. So I've had Dan here a couple years ago. He came 
and just spread all kind of seeds. Yeah, so it was fun. yeah. But, oh, he's amazing. Yeah. Marcus, a lot of people are aware of you just from social media stuff. Tell me a little bit about your heart, man. Like what, when I say kingdom bringer, when I talk about the kingdom living inside of you, what's that mean to you? Um, it's just pretty much the way that God revealed it to me. Um, I started social media not looking to be famous or get, you know, likes or shares or anything like that, whatever you want to call it. It was just really to help people. And what was happening was I was going through, you know, just a lot of trials and storms that most people are never going to know about, you know, just me, God, my pastor and close friends. And in those moments where I wanted to uh, quit or give up or felt like I couldn't overcome, I would just seek God. And it was many times I was just crying like, Lord, you know, give me power to overcome. Give me what I need to get through this. And he would do it and he would give me revelation in those moments. And then all I would do is take what he gave me and, you know, get on the other side of the phone and preach the same thing that God had just downloaded into me to other people. And I think because you just keep it so real and honest with people, they can relate to it. So for me, that's kingdom, walking in power, walking in authority, walking in uh, dominion. You know, there's a lot of stuff that we're all going to face. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. Um, you know, we're all going to have our personal battles. But how do we navigate through that? How do we respond to that in a way that's kingdom? You know, do you have a kingdom mentality? You know, do you have a passion for the for the things of God and the kingdom of God? And so I believe that that's the main part of it. You know, people don't really understand what it means to walk in kingdom power, kingdom authority. And then even in the spiritual world, just kingdom dominion. You know, we have dominion. It's a perspective, right? Exactly. I mean, that's how I've always looked at it is like a kingdom perspective yes. for sure. And I feel like that's all I've always had it, but I didn't understand it. Yeah. So when it clicked, it's like, oh, that's what that means. Because I've always had a different kind of perspective. Like right. The way I looked at things was a little bit different. Right. Just didn't quite understand it. How about you? When I say you're a kingdom bringer. And the idea of releasing the kingdom everywhere you go, what's that mean to you? You're just a young chap, so you yeah. may not understand it, right, Matt? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> through prayer, through fasting and reading, you know, the Lord gives you revelation for right. sure. But yeah. uh, And, you know, having parents that, you know, I'm a pastor's kid, was raised in the church. Um, but I think it's like so many people, they're into preaching like a partial gospel. Yeah. And some people just get caught up in salvation and that's it, you know, or healing and that's it. But the Bible doesn't say, you know, preach just that. It says preach this gospel of the kingdom, you know, the full gospel of Jesus Christ. So I think it's living living it out, you know, everywhere you go. I tell people all the time, like when people meet you, they should meet him. And how are we living? I think it's like in our character, the words that we say or actions, um, you know, reflecting the heart of God, reflecting the, you know, the character of Jesus. Every location we enter. You know, you could be, you could lay your hands on the sick, see them recover. You can cast out devils like in the public, you know, like what, what's holding us back, you know, as Christians and followers of Christ. I think if we're not casting out devils, if we're not baptizing people, if we're not, you know, healing the sick, then what, you know, are we living out the true gospel of the kingdom? Like, are we walking this thing out in our kingdom authority that, that, that Christ gave us? So I think it's just really, uh, reflecting the heart of God, you know, reflecting the character of Jesus and, um, and being open to at any moment, you know, operating those gifts. Yeah, that's good. What about you? Same question. Yeah. So, um, a verse comes to mind. Romans fourteen seventeen says that the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but it is righteousness, yes, peace, and joy in the mm -hmm. Holy Ghost. And uh, when I think about the kingdom, um, a couple of things come to mind: righteousness, peace, and joy comes to mind for sure because that is those are three functions. Um, of the kingdom of God is those are three aspects that 
allow us to express here in this world what it's like to be in God's world, what it's like to be a citizen of his blood, be a citizen of the life that he afforded. And that citizenship is reflected in our righteousness, in our peace and in our joy. You know, um, Genesis one twenty six. let them have dominion that were by the eyes, really kingdom. You know, so he gave us authority from the very beginning. And that authority isn't it's power for sure, power over the enemy. But it's it's also um, it's it's. One of the ways I said it's not just power over the devil, but it's also just the ability to to be like him. You know, it's in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. So yeah. this, this, the citizenship and the real beauty of it is kingdom. When I walk in kingdom, I'm walking in the expression of his character and what it's like to be in fellowship and relationship with God. And because of that, it deals with the devil. It deals with sickness. It deals with loving people. It deals with governmental issues. It deals with politics. It invades every aspect of God, uh, of life because it's me flowing from God, the creator and the source of that life. And he know how to address any circumstances like these brothers are saying. It's a lifestyle, you know, and so scenes that come to my mind. Where are you guys all from? I know, Marcus, you're from Chicago area, right? Yes, sir. How about you, Brandon? Um, I was raised in ATL. I was born in Louisiana, but I was raised in ATL. Okay. And now you're in L.A.? Is that right? And now I'm in L.A. Okay. Mm-hmm. Matt? South side of Chicago. So South. I live in the so suburbs, you guys are both yeah. from Chicago area? Yeah, I'm like 35, 40 minutes from the city. Okay. Talk to me about, and I know you got, you kind of blew up like virally, right, through some kingdom activity if you will how has that how has that affected you personally being so young and kind of going is there any any kind of insecurity let's let's talk about that for a minute uh yeah being so young yeah for sure like you know i I met marcus like what like four or five years ago and um i had we just met the lord connected us downtown it was like an outreach going on um you know, and he inspired me as well to kind of like step out of my comfort zone. And that's when I was kind of like getting on fire for God. You know, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I was just receiving this holy boldness, this passion for, yeah. you know, souls. I think like, like Marcus said, I didn't expect for anything to get, you know, videos to get millions and millions of views. Yeah. Um, And then you get, you know, people on there calling you out of oh, your yeah. name, all that stuff. So oh, yeah. it definitely gets you a little bit, you know, discouraged and low self-esteem. Like, man, what did I do to them? Yeah, yeah. But... I think persecution is a blessing, you know, and um, I think my heart is just to see people who claim to be Christians rise up and actually be a Christian, you know what I'm saying, to put it very, very simple. Um, That was me growing up, and I I preached to myself because growing up in the church, I claimed to be a Christian, you know, but when I left the building, I was living a whole different life. I was never a bad kid, but I like to say there's a scripture out of the book of Titus where I claimed to know God, but denied him by my actions. I think that's the majority of Christians today. You know, it, to be bold about it is we, we've allowed God to sit through our compromise and just be lukewarm and live complacent lifestyles, going through the motions on wow. Sunday morning, midweek service. But how is our life Monday night, Tuesday night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and so on and so forth? I think it's like being a 24-7 Christian, you know? Yeah, and so it just affected me in a way where, first of all, the exposure uh, it caused open doors for me to be able to like be a voice in my generation and for God to say things that he wants to say through me. Um, and also just to kind of provoke people to rise up and for others to look at the videos and get a godly jealousy and say, I want to do that, you know, and you can, that's why we're, we're, we're making this video is to, 
you know, push you out of your comfort zone, encourage you to go beyond your boundaries so that other people can be, um, impacted just by your obedience, you know? Yeah, it's good. Marcus, I want to talk about a couple of things with you, man. He mentioned the, the P word persecution. I know you've, you've had your share of that for sure. What, how difficult is it to grow into this, this kingdom lifestyle, as we said it was, and get pushback from what we would consider to be inside? First of all, it's a biblical knowledge. Uh, the Bible talks about a prophet not being received in his own home. Jesus was rejected. And Jesus' biggest problem was with religious folks. It wasn't with the Romans. It wasn't with the Gentiles. It was with religious folks. So the biggest thing is you got to know who you are in Christ and mm-hmm. why you're doing it. You don't live for people's um, validation or applause because then you'll die when you get a lack of it. And then the Bible mm-hmm. says, woe, to, you know, if all men speak good of you. So people that are trying to, I guess you would say, navigate, some would call it wisdom, where nobody's talking bad about you, nobody's, then you're really not doing nothing for the kingdom. Every man of God, every prophet of God in the Bible, I could argue that they were controversial within their people. The things that they said were not popular. Mm -hmm. Um, Many of them got killed for it. So, you know, anyone who knows me, they know I'm not a big fan of that gummy bear kind of Christianity. (laughs) I'm not a fan of uh, that business friendly Jesus. I feel like a lot of people, they use Jesus as like a a talent talent finder or whatever. And really Mm. why they're being a Christian is they just want connections. They don't preach for souls. They preach for validation to be in front of the crowd. And it's not their heart isn't really in it. So true. And so if your heart's really in it, it doesn't matter, you know, what people do. I have people threaten me. I have people, you know, I've been in the news, you know, they bash me and stuff like that. At the end of the day, honestly, and I know this is going to sound kind of maybe even carnal, but as long as, like I tell Brandon all the time, as long as you don't put your hands on me, you know what I'm saying? Even if you do, then, I mean, they did it to Jesus. They did it to the apostles. You can say whatever you want. It's not going to stop me. So a question I would have to that, and I I love everything you said. I don't know why I had to say that just now, but... (laughs) How do we do this then and also have a heart for like unity? Because I, I personally, like, like I said, I grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. I was that, that guy in the pew that just did, 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 serve, 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 and wasn't, didn't understand the kingdom, wasn't living the kingdom. So now my heart is like for those people. Like my heart personally is for the church. Right. Like I just have a, like Matt said, a, a passion for, for Christians to rise up and more of that training and equipping thing. Cause I love, trust me, man, I've I've also had my share of, I try to flow in the prophetic and I've had my share of, you know, people absolutely hating what I'm doing, what I'm saying for you personally. How do you, how do you balance like unifying the church and just being who God calls you to be? You know what I mean? It's funny because me and Brandon was just talking about this. So the big problem is pride. Right. I can tell you right now, me, Brandon and Matt, we probably don't agree on everything. But the thing you have to realize is I always tell people Peter and Paul didn't agree on everything. That doesn't mean that one individual is not a man of God. So the the biggest problem in the church is if I don't agree with you about something, as long as it's not a heaven or hell issue. Right. Then we should be able to walk together and coexist. But people's egos get in the way in the church. Minors. Right. And it's like, well, if Matt don't agree with me about doing it like this, he's a false prophet. And that's like the biggest cancer in the church but then also i'm of the mindset you know the bible just says shake the dust off your feet so who's supposed to be there is going to be there i'm not going to beg anybody i'm not going to chase after anybody my spirit is going to bear witness with your spirit even though i know me brandon matt necessarily might not agree or even you and me might not agree on everything if you have the spirit of god it's going to tell you this person has the spirit of god yeah you know and and then the reality is realizing that 
We all need the grace of God. The Bible says nobody can be justified by the law. So nobody's perfect. Nobody has all the revelation of God. Nobody can sit there and say, I completely have the brand on God. So there's things that he can teach me and show me. There's things that he could teach me and show me. And you have to walk in humility and love and realize it's not the Marcus Rogers show. It's not the Brandon show, the Matt Cruz show. It's about Jesus. And so whatever we can bring to the table collectively for the benefit of the kingdom, this is one of the things the Lord showed me. Most people aren't working for the kingdom of God. They're working for their man-made kingdoms. With It's like it's like you have the big kingdom and then everybody trying to set up their small little kingdoms with their name and their brand on it. Yeah. And that's the problem. That's so true. And may I just like jump into it. that? I love yeah. what he said because people are so focused on like what they want rather than spiritual results. Like they're so focused. This is how we were talking about it last night, mm-hmm. how you can recognize when you lose yourself in ministry, when you're focused on... Um, you know, who you're running with that you forget who you run for, you know, and you know, you're so focused on, on other people. And I think it's like, we have to have a passion for souls. Like, am I coming here for the crowds? Am I coming here for, right. you know, myself, like Marcus said, to get validation or am I coming here because people are hurting, people are broken. They need healing. They need breakthrough. And they, it's only by the, the yoke breaking anointing that they can be set free. So, I think if we just shift our focus back on Jesus, you know, that it's not about us, it's all about him, then we'll start to see God results, you know. That's good. Brandon, I, so with that, I, I feel like we, I don't know, I've got so many friends and so many relationships with people that there's like, they stand on two sides. They're, they're really focused on the church mm-hmm. and the training and the equipping and the building up of the saints, right. or they're going after lost souls. Mm-hmm. And we kind of heard a little bit of each one of those, I think, a little bit. Is it important for to have both? Absolutely. So yeah. what they said was so important. You asked the question of unity. Yeah. So God has given these gifts to the church, some prophets, apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists, for the work of ministry, for the perfecting of the saints, um, till we all come into the unity yes. of the faith, Yeah. you know, into a perfect man. You know, it's talking about us being grown up into Christ and who he is. The the whole per the, the conviction of the evangelist to go out, he go evangelize, and after the evangelism, after he sows the seed, who's gonna water it? That's right. You know, so yeah. now the beauty of it is that he evangelizes and connects him with a pastor. The pastor comes now, begins to develop in, the, in life. The, the apostle comes and teaches them the kingdom culture. The prophet comes and teaches them how to be sensitive to the voice of God. The teacher comes and teaches them how to think. And then the evangelist, you know, those all of those giftings are to be imparted into other people so that each one of those expressions of Christ can be built in me and I can be more Christ-likeness. I grow in the measure of Christ. So if we take away an evangelist, if we take away an apostle, a pastor, a teacher, then we lack an expression that actually makes us more like him. So we need each other. Like Marcus said, there's no person that have all the revelation, no person that has all the wisdom, you know, but we draw strength from each other, and that's how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. The psalmist said that a person, David said, uh, a person that isolates themselves seeks their own gain. People that isolate themselves and try to like, you know, separate themselves from the ideal of family, they subvert themselves from God. Because a lot of times God answers from things come through people and he does it on purpose because he don't want a person to say, oh, all, all I need is God. Well, you, you're cutting off his body. That's right. You see what I'm saying? So, so much of the answers that God brings to us, he brings to people. So we'll have the value of him and people and we know and we'll live with 
a value of family. The kingdom of God is about family. Adam and Eve was the family of God. They were sons and daughters. Uh, Luke 3.38, Enosh was the son of Seth. Seth was the son of Adam. Adam was the son of God. So God created a family and the family is designed to need each other. You know, so I think the balance is very important for us to appreciate what, what happens outside of the church and we appreciate what happens inside of the church. And uh, the church, I mean, it's really a place of equipping. It's a, it's a place of training. It's a place of development for the world. That's yeah. why, if you want to get technical, Jesus never, ever built a building. That's right. But he built the church. Yeah. That's good. He never built the building, but he built the church. So what he built did not have walls. That was temples. That was tabernacles. But what he built, it was mobile because it had feet. So his ideal of church, his expression, we have to make sure in our Western culture, we don't think it's Sunday morning, Wednesday night. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's going to the temple. You feel me? And yeah. really, even that's a shadow and a type of us. So the whole purpose of, of being equipped as we assemble is for the world. You know, he wants to redeem the rest of the family of God. So I think that there's just a balance. We just need to appreciate people. Um, and these cliques and stuff in church are, are really real. And one reason why we can't get unity is because people won't get real. People are about their own game. They want to connect with people that can put them on. That's good. They want to get around folks. They want to rub shoulders with people. Here's what I learned. Conference and Christians. I, absolutely. Man. I watched this too. I watched this too when I traveled with Matt. I love Matt. Matt's Matt's a he's more than just he's a brother and a friend to me. You see what I'm saying? And I get the privilege of watching people gravitate to Matt because he's amazing. He's anointed and he has an amazing pulpit, a stage. But I watch how they treat other people around Matt. And here's what I learned. I can learn your heart but how you treat people you don't need. It's good. That's how I can see. Wow. It's easy to treat these guys great. Yeah. They're platforms and they know they're humble guys. Yeah. So by default, and I know Marcus for sure, they watch people because they know that people try to use them for what they have. But you can discern people heart by not how they treat me, but how they would treat a Justin, a Chris, That's good. people that are not in that position. Yeah. And you find out who they really are. So I'm not impressed by miracle signs and wonders. I grew up in church. I walk with God. So that, that's, that's not really impressive. But let me tell you why Dan impresses me. Yeah. Because the love of God is very impressive. You have to be dead to love. Yeah. It's good. You have to be dead to yourself. You have to consider not your life in order to love a person. And people that walk in love are impressive to me. When you could be persecuted and still bless those that persecute you and do good to those that spitefully use you and pray for those kind of individuals, that impresses me. All the other stuff, man, is a dime a desert. You can find a thousand preachers on YouTube right now yeah. preaching amazing sermons right. and treat their armor bearers like trash, dishonor their wives, overlook the poor, and won't talk to you unless you're Matt Cruz or Marcus Rogers. Wow. And I want nothing with that Christianity. I don't That's care good. nothing about it. That's good. Period. It's not even Jesus. Talk about that, Marcus. Mm. Uh, I'm just quickly going to say this. You know, um, the problem with, in the churches, too, is also a lot of arrogance. And I'll say there's a fine line. Some people think that I'm arrogant. But just because you're bold and you're not going to back down off the truth doesn't mean that yeah. you're arrogant. So one of the problems is people look at the social media and they don't know an individual. So they say, oh, that person's arrogant. But, you know, I like to believe I don't think too highly of myself. And here is why most people, if we compare ourselves to other people, yeah, then you can say, oh, I'm stronger than this person in this area and I'm better than this person in this area. This is one reason why like reality TV is so big in America. People are addicted to looking at other people like, oh, these people are dumb. These I'm better than this person it makes them feel good. But the reality is we shouldn't compare 
ourselves to nothing but the righteousness of God and the word of God. And that will humble you. And that that will change your whole mindset. Because when if I compare myself to this individual and that individual, it's like, yeah, I'm better than them. And I can see their flaws in this. But if I compare myself to the righteousness of God and the word of God, I find out very quickly that I'm falling short. I find out very quickly that there are areas of my life that I need grace in. And here's the big thing, right? Sin. All sin is sin to God. And one of the biggest problems in the church, especially in America, is we have a measuring stick on how we measure sin. So I look at a homosexual and I think that he's worse than a person who's walking around with pride or unforgiveness. But in God's eyes, it's not so. The Bible says God resisteth the proud, right? He he will, if the homosexual calls out to him, he will love them. He, but he says he resists the proud. And the problem in American churches is we look at some sins like they're just worse and terrible, you know, and that's why we have this whole situation with people being very critical of Kanye West. Yes, we test every spirit. But at the same time, when you got first, first got saved, you didn't have all the answers. You weren't just completely holy and delivered overnight. So there is a process that has to take place. And this is why we don't have unity. This is why we don't have revival. This is why we have all these different denominations and things. Because the root of it, when you break it all the way down, it's really pride. I know better than you. I'm, and like he said, everybody just wants the platform. People think that God equates success with numbers. So if you do this podcast and you don't get 10,000 people to listen to it, some people feel that's not a success. But the Bible says that the heavens rejoice over one soul. So if one person was to listen to this, then it's doing what it's accomplished. So that our mindsets in the church need to be completely transformed. And change, you know, with the power that's in the word of God. That's good, man. That's good. I, I actually have two listeners, so we're good. I got more than that now. Matt, let's talk about, he, he talked about isolation a little bit. That's kind of been, I've been in that vein a lot lately. How important is it for you to be, okay, and we talked about community, okay? Mm-hmm. So like, you guys travel a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, a lot of Christians hear the word unity or community and they're thinking Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. I think in Wednesday night, how, how important is it for you to stay plugged in to community traveling so much? You're not, at, you're not at church every Sunday morning. What does that, what does that look like for you? Yeah. Like definitely being around people like these guys that will keep me accountable that I can open up to. You know, the Bible says iron sharpens iron and that's a key. You know, we've been preaching lately on how to cultivate the fire, your spiritual flame, keeping, keeping it alive in your, in your heart. And, uh, you know, letting that burn passionately for Jesus. And I think one of the keys to keeping that fire burning is remaining in fellowship. Um, you know, accountability, encouragement that only comes through fellowship. So I think when you isolate yourself, like the, that's when pride comes. That's when arrogance comes. The enemy's going to get in your mind. You know, then you're going to start thinking you're better than other people. Like, I don't need a, I don't need anybody to teach me. I, the Holy Ghost is my teacher, you know, stuff like that. But I think it's so important to get plugged in and just be uh, a part of uh, like a community and just being in fellowship with other believers, man. Cause otherwise you're just going to find yourself, you know, wanting to do what only you want to do instead of what God wants you to do. I just think discipleship is all about becoming more like Christ. And, and that only comes through remaining in fellowship, you know? So I just think it's, you know, having great connections like this kingdom connections and, and uh, building relationships that, um, my buddy Isaiah always says all the time, get around people that will throw gas on your fire, not water on your fire. You know, yeah. I want to get around people that's going to push me, you know, to keep going forth in my destiny, keep encouraging me. You know, when I'm feeling down, Matt, you can, you're better than this. Like, keep going, man. Keep running this race. Um, so I definitely think it's getting around people that you can trust who have, you know, your best interest at heart and, um, 
you know, they, they're, they're not in it for, they don't want nothing, yeah. you know, they're not in it for themselves. So I talk about vulnerability a lot. I actually learned fairly recently, like a, a good definition of vulnerability is giving someone permission to minister to your heart. And so with that, we're not called to be vulnerable with everyone. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've heard a lot of pastors and teachers from the stage talk about vulnerability, vulnerability, mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody's cutting their guts open and mm-hmm. guts are just hanging out mm-hmm. and that's it. So for me, it was like, I'm called to be vulnerable with a few so that I can be authentic to the whole world. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you feel about, about vulnerability? How important is that? There's a multitude in sa- of safety and godly counsel. And, and, and I try to, I try to get around people that are, that are godly in nature, that they have the heart of God, they have the heart of the father that I can trust. You know, you talk about vulnerability, you're talking about people that, that you, can trust people you could be in relationship with people that you know that has your best interest in heart and you look at jesus 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 didn't make a move too fast to bring apostles to being his friends that's good they, they that was over time i mean he he did life with them for three years you talk about genesis uh, john 15 towards the latter part of his earthly ministry then he says i no longer call you servants i call you friends for a servant doesn't know all the master's plan. Yeah. So over time, he revealed the master's plan. You see, and they grew in that friendship, you know, and that was a safe place for the Lord, you know. And uh, and I just think the same thing, like, you know, you grow in time with people and you sense their heart, you know, you sense their character and you, you feel you feel like, OK, I can open up to this person because this person won't judge me. They won't look at it as a pessimistic thing. They'll understand I'm in process. So he won't bash me he'll be like bro it's cool i got you i understand man you know and here's ways that we can do this and blah yeah, blah blah so you just want to just know those that labor among you and see if this if this is a good situation for yourself and i feel very blessed in life because i can i can truly say i have four at least people i could just be bare with i could just say hey man i have this going on and i need help yeah. and they'll cover me they'll keep me covered and they'll help me grow Marcus, is it difficult for you to, I just watched one of your recent videos where you kind of bear it all and you kind of opened up yourself to the whole world a little bit. Is it difficult for you to, to do that and then still also have a, a mindset of having a, a, a circle of accountability? Yeah, I definitely have. Um, I believe that in everybody's supposed to have some kind of covering over their life. I heard a preacher preach one time, like, especially young ministers, every young minister should have a man of God in their life who can call them in and tell them no, right? Because we all have blind spots. We all have areas that we might not see something. And so, like you said, there's safety and a multitude of counseling. So there's, uh, there's a couple men of God in my life, just I would say about four or five. They know, like, they have the kind of relationship with me that whatever they tell me to do, I'm going to submit. If they tell me, hey, take that down, you shouldn't have posted that, no questions, I'm going to obey, you know. And and as far as being vulnerable, I think that it's more than just sometimes also opening up and sharing your testimony and spilling your guts, as some would say. But also you have to be vulnerable, too, to allow yourself to be open to receive from other people because other people, when they come and tell you their problems and issues, it's going to be they're putting their cross on you. They're putting some burdens on you. And a lot of people are so self-absorbed that, you know, they go around dumping on people and saying they're vulnerable, but then they're not vulnerable the other way where people can come to you and they can unload on you and you can help them carry their cross, you know. So we have to be uh, vulnerable in that way as well. I believe that everybody, you should have a brother, a sister, um, you know, a pastor that's holding you accountable 
Um, oftentimes people who isolate themselves, it's because they've made themselves an idol. You know, that's really what it is. You're idol worshiping yourself. I don't need anybody else. But if you look at the body of Christ and how big the body of Christ is, you're really a small speck on the body. You're not bigger than the body. You need the body, you know, so. That's good. Mm -hmm. How would you feel, Matt, about the idea of like fathers, kingdom fathering? I, I kind of had this, I've had this mindset for a while that fatherhood, at least kingdom fathers, kind of skipped the generation. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was like that Kenneth Hagin generation. Yeah, I feel like generation. that too. I feel definitely skipped. And so these young ministers, and I, I consider myself in this vein of like, I kind of came up without a father, without people that were pouring into me. Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that something that is on your radar at all? Is that, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I'm so thankful for my my earthly dad. You know, and uh, my pastor, who's my spiritual covering, and he's ordained me and and the man that had my first mentor that's, you know, trained me in evangelism and how to be bold and unashamed of the gospel. I think it's so important because without them, I, I wouldn't have had direction in my life. Still to this day, have direction. And I think direction. You know. If I can just say this and then hop back to that is so many people want things so fast, like they want to go on the fast track, what they, they call it like microwave Christianity, you yeah. know, like people, they want to get to a place, they want the platform, they want to preach, they want to do all this stuff. Um, but I think it's that direction is so much more important than speed, you know, because people are going nowhere fast. And without the the fathers in my life, spiritual fathers and, and mentors and advisors, I wouldn't have direction. I wouldn't have, you know, that that voice to tell me, hey, Matt, like, you know, slow down. Um, I think you're doing too much or this yeah. or that, you know, like and I want to submit to that. And I think without that, like we're going to find ourselves just lost in doing what we want to do and that we're eventually going to fall. You know, we've all heard it from, you know, different men of God in our life where, you know, you don't want to be like a shooting star where you you go right. up so quick, but then you go yeah. down. Right? You want to be able to sustain that. And I think that the, the way that you can sustain being up there, being where God wants you to be and where he's called you to be is having fathers and mothers in your life and people that can pray for you and intercede for you because the devil doesn't play fair, you know. Yeah. Um, so I definitely believe in that. That's good. I got one more question and I'll kind of want all three of you guys to hit on it a little bit. Revival. Hmm. What? is revival what's it look like brandon like what is revival in your heart as far as like you you guys do a lot of travel and i'm guessing you're seeking revival what does that look like for you yeah so um i love revival my mandate is kind of different from revival it's really reform which is a little different but i understand in either revival there's times where god sends uh, myself to certain places to bring revival uh revival to me is kind of simple is to make something alive again, you know? And uh, that could be a plethora of different, you know, areas in the body of Christ. That could be in the area of healing. That could be in the area of truth. That could be in the area of, you know, um, the prophetic. Or, you know, it's, you could see it in a vast array of topics, but it's to make something alive again. And uh, I do believe that we're in a revival culture where God is making certain things alive. But my personal conviction is that the, the thing that he brings alive, he wants to reform. And um, and and so my job, one of my convictions is to uh, tra- deal with the mind more. Um, and so that's kind of been my mandate. But I love revival. I think it's super necessary. And uh, but I, I think the 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 focus of my my conviction right now is to bring reform. That's good. Yeah. Matt, how about you? Yeah, I often tell people, you know, we need revival. It, it requires a change in the deepest levels of the heart. 
Um, I think that it's so important for people just to, to come alive again. Like Brandon, it's honestly simple. You know, it's something that's dead, that's alive. Um, something that's been lost or taken, you know, God restoring that. Um, it's important to me because people are spiritually dead, you know, they're in bondage and they need to be free. And so God just, he brings revival because at that moment he can breathe a new fire in their heart again and they can like, they can see different, you know, they can smell different, they can talk different. So I just think revival is important in the body for the churches that have, um, just lost reverence for the presence of God and, you know, have been so programmed, um, where the Holy Spirit cannot move, cannot do what only he can do. Um, so it's just important because people need to come alive again that are dead. So just to make it simple and plain. I feel like so many people look for revival to just be thousands and thousands of people getting saved. And that's all. We all want that. Mm -hmm. Right. But for me, can it start in the home? Right. Can it start like in my bedroom? Can it start like with my kids? Starts in our hearts. Yeah. Can it start in a prison? I saw the video you posted Kanye West's going in that prison and, you know, prisoners raising her hand with tears in her eyes. To me, that's revival, right? Marcus, can you hit on that a little bit? Revival, what's that mean to you? A lot of times people get the misconception that for the most part, revival is for the church. Like he said, it's to bring um, something that is dead back to life. You're reviving it. Um, it's different than evangelism. Mm-hmm. So one of my pet peeves that I have is just, you know, people are always talking about revival, revival, revival. And so they throw a big revival and people come and they have this emotional experience. Um, you know, they're crying. The music is great. There's lots of people there. But then hearts aren't changed and hearts aren't transformed. And we're going to get on. We're, we're going to be, you know, have this revival. People be on fire. And then what are you doing with that fire? I've been to revivals with 30,000 people. And you leave, you know, someplace like the United Center and these people just ready to go eat. And there's like you just came out of revival and there's all these lost people out here. But the first thing you want to do is go eat some food. You know, so what a revival should do, number one, it's daily. A revival is not, oh, every three months we're going to have a revival. Once a year we're going to have a revival. I have to revive my spirit, man, daily. As you said, it starts in the house. It starts at at the home, you know. And um, I think we need a revival, like Brandon said, of a lot of things. People just think revival and they think numbers. But people, we need a revival of sound doctrine. We need a revival of, of walking and faith and power and authority. We need a revival of the Book of Acts church. And, you know, that's mm. not just going to be, oh, let's get together and have a couple fancy preachers come in and sing a couple of songs and we're all going to cry and do a 30, 40 minute altar call and then leave. No, God wants to like break up that ground and, and create in us a new heart and renew with us a right spirit. Yeah, it's so good. And I, that's why I tell people about that, too. I say when I preach, I'm like, I want that revival that causes me to get my priorities straight. You know, a revival that would translate into your family getting saved. You know, it would translate into in your coworkers getting saved, your neighbors getting saved. Marcus was talking about the other day about how, you know, people are talking about Kanye West, but their neighbor doesn't even know they're a Christian. You know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. are you in, you need a revival. You know, you need to be revived. If you're talking about somebody else and you, your neighbor doesn't even know you're saved, you know, there's, there's an issue there. You know, so I want that revival in my life. That's good. Yeah. You think about um, the book of Acts, like you start Acts chapter two, revival hits. Yes. They come alive. God starts to resuscitate humanity. Yeah. And the in the very first, well, not the very first, but right after that, when you get into 
the epistles. So Acts, you're going through a chronological uh, breakdown of the church being born. It's the birth of the church and we're born. When you get to the epistles, is now the church is beginning to change. That's good. Because Paul is dealing with the mind. And he tells them, although you are a new creature in Christ, you still need to be transformed. That's good. Yeah. And the only way you're transformed is not through being resuscitated. You've already been revived. Now you need your mind to be renewed. Wow. Yeah. So there's a difference between revival and reformation. Yeah. And if you stop at the encounter, you still can't become the new creature that God is wanting you to become. Wow. That comes through your mind changing. The way you see your wife has to change for your marriage to be better. Yeah. The way you see your enemy has to change for you to walk in love. Your encounter in Damascus has to lead to a reformation of your thinking. If not, we're repeating cycles and nothing changes. So good. Real quick, last thing. You guys all came to Dodge City, Kansas. Matt, what are you hoping to what's what kind of impact are you planning on leaving here as you leave? Um, so I want to see people come to the revelation of the Lord Jesus. And I want them to be transformed transformed in their minds and in their hearts in these services. The first night people were equipped, um, you know, empowered to be effective for the kingdom. The second night, you know, BG was sharing so much um on just your mind, your mindset in in, you know, the plans schemes of the enemy and how to uh you know destroy that and, and go forth in your destiny and, and so much more so i think what i want to leave seeing people you know receiving their breakthrough mm-hmm. and and just break out of that box break out of that comfort zone break out of that complacent lifestyle uh and really start walking this thing out and i want to see people um keeping their eyes on jesus again you know uh, the Bible says he gives perfect peace to those who keeps their mind stayed upon him. And I want to see people to, to move their eyes from on the things of this world, all these distractions and things that hinder them, back on the things of God, back on the creator of creation. And uh, and just seeing also those who are sick in body to be healed and obviously soul saved. So good. Brandon, how about you? I think Matt's trying to cover the whole Bible's desire for Jesus. <laughs> I wonder, yeah. From no, Genesis sorry, to right, there's a list right, of things. Right, 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 I'm trying to call right. them all out, you know, so they can, they can happen. see the will of God. Like, what else do we say then? <laughs> no, first of all, you know, we're just so grateful to meet Chris and have Chris bring us out. Um, I, I actually hope this is the first of many because I believe that we, were, we came here to ignite something, to sow a major seed, put a major seed in the ground, um, and to expose the believers here just to a different expression and maybe more of what God would invite them into, you know? And so I think our, uh, one of the things that I'm expecting is a big seed to drop into the heart of the people to have more hunger for God, to be open to receive more of God, maybe ways I never thought about this before that can just help charge and provoke a desire of, man, I want to get with God more. I want to see more of this happen to my, in my life. So I'm hoping we can come out, out again and, and maybe do some more training like you and you you familiar with you know Dan and that culture oh, yeah. so really training them and equipping Christ in them and allowing the power of God to flow through them so they don't always need a speaker to come that's right they can finally discover that he's in me so you good. know and, come on somebody yeah, that, so, so good yeah. Marcus um I'm, I'm very big on walking in dominion so when we 
When I first got here, I could immediately feel something in the atmosphere, just a lot of witchcraft and strongholds and things like that. Then he showed me they had the uh, golden calf, you know, in the middle of the town and that the school's um, mascot is like a demon. So what I'm looking at is a lot of things that people are struggling with. What you want to do is just set that fire in them through the power of the word of God, through sound doctrine and, and, and let them know, you know, equip them. I think that's the that's the word equip them. You don't have to wait for, you know, some big name preacher to come in. You have the power of God. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead Jeez. is living in you. So right here in this place in Kansas, it might be a small town, but the reality is there are souls here. Yeah. So you might not think it's a big deal. You might not think it's important, but obviously the it's enemy does. Yeah, obviously yeah. the enemy does because he's setting up strongholds here. And right. so it's all about taking territory. And sometimes how, how I see it in my mind is we come to a place, especially when we're together, and it's like it's like I see like hard ground. And in the spirit, we're taking a hammer and we're cracking it. And when we crack the ground and we begin to give the word of God, you know, the water is like seeping through the cracks and hopefully it takes root and it grows. And then eventually you start producing fruit here in Kansas. So that's that's what we want to see. That's what we're going to be praying when we leave. Like, Lord, we know that your word won't return unto you void. We know that you sent us here for a reason. But let the seed that we scattered take root and produce fruit here. When we come back, people just on fire for God. When we come back, man, see people preaching, you know, on the corners right here on a gun smoke street and there stuff like go. that, preaching the gospel. You know, this place is not too small for revival and for a move of God. And God is very mindful of this place, just like here, Chicago, Dallas, you know, or anywhere else. So good. Come on. We're to save the lost, revive the saved, and equip the saints. It's good. It's our nice. mission. It's good. Come on. BG, will you pray us out? Sure. Father, we thank you so much for every person that's listening on this airway. Um, we just thank you right now. And I just feel like I'm supposed to pray like this to the person that's listening. We pray that you, that your heart will be stirred every time you listen to this podcast and that the spirit of wisdom and revelation will come over you in the knowledge of God and that your heart will be filled with understanding, with burning desire. Father, I thank you that the kingdom of God is established in Kansas. And this move that you're doing here is awakening the things, God, that you have implanted in the people and in the region. We thank you for this now. We bless you for this now. We bless this podcast. We bless this gentleman in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.